Hey, uh, and welcome to Remember Music Videos. Each week, we'll chat about music videos that we love from an album of one of our favorite artists. We'll talk about the good, the bad, and even some things in between. My name is Theo. My name is Crystal, and we will be your resident music video aficionados. We've done some research, so you don't have to. We'll share little tidbits, fun facts, and give you our perspective on how we think these videos not only impacted the culture, but what they mean to us personally. We're sharing our love of them and hope you love them too. And if you want to check out the music videos we're discussing this week, you could find them on our YouTube channel and Facebook. And with that being said, let's get it cracking. <laughs> Hi. Hello, friend. <laughs> How are you? Oh my goodness. I am the best version of myself. How about you? <laughs> Pretty fantastic. Cause why Cause not? That's how it should be. But why, why not? Yeah. Yeah. The world around me is crumbling, but I'm okay. What is it? Um, this is fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. It's fine. I mean, we're we're okay. I'm okay. Yeah. 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 Totally. Listen, we gotta have a good time while the ship's sinking, right? <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> But you know what brightens up my day? What brightens up your day? Um, talking with you and our listeners about these amazing artists and albums and music videos. Um, yeah, makes makes life a little better. It does. I'm grateful that we get to come together and, uh, and chop it up about these folks. And this week's artist, if I'm not mistaken, this is a recommendation from one of our good, good- Judy's? <laughs> from one of our good, good listeners. 100%. And this week's artist <laughs> is none other than the underrated yeah. artist, musician, producer, writer, singer. This artist definitely made his stamp in the R&B world in the 90s. And this week's artist is none other than John B. John B. John B. And what album are we covering this week? Well, this week we are going to be covering the Cool Relax album. Some might call it his sophomore project. Oh, yes. Some would. Some would. Tell me a little bit about John B. Our beloved John B. He was born Jonathan David Buck in Providence, Rhode Island. I love that. Buck. Actually, I feel like that should have been his artist name, John Buck. <laughs> I don't know if people would automatically think he was an R&B person. True. They might think true. he might be shooting videos up in the uh, up in Van Nuys, California. I don't know. Oh, see, I I would think like he would shoot ducks or something. <laughs> or that. Listen, either right? porn, either be a porn star oh. or, or, or shoot. Oh, dogs. I'd watch that porn. <laughs> <laughs> um, he had a birthday recently, born on November 11th in 1974. Um, so happy belated birthday to John B. Is he a Scorpio? Yes. I think this is Scorpio. Yeah. That explains a lot. <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> um, so as I mentioned, he was born in Rhode Island, but he was raised in Altadena, California. Um, he came from a musical family. His father was a professor of music and a uh, conductor. His mother was a concert pianist and a piano teacher. His sister played the violin and his brother played the cello. His grandparents owned a record store. So it was like he had no choice but to, you know, bless us with, with what was uh, in his spirit. He actually taught himself how to play the drums, the keyboard and guitar. And he wrote his first song when he was nine years old and it was called Caroline. Oh. He was in his first talent show in middle school and he actually performed that song, uh, Caroline. And the group Troop were judges for this talent show. Do you remember Troop? Yeah, I do remember Troop. What was their song? Spread my wings and fly away. 
Oh yeah. I used to love that song. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. I think that was in the the late eighties or was that very early? That was the late eighties, I'm gonna say. I'm far too young to know. I would say that was late eighties, yes. No, but Troopers <laughs> Troopers one of the ones. Um yeah, so uh he performed in this talent show and he won that talent show. When he got to high school, he had started shopping his demos around um, and he really wanted to be a writer producer and make beats. That kind of was his um, was his passion. That's what he wanted to do. But he sang on this on these demos because you needed somebody to sing on the demo. So that's what you um, what you did. So um, in 1992, whilst he was shopping these demos, he caught the attention of Tracy Edmonds, who at the time was married to Kimmy Babyface Edmonds. And um, she was the president and CEO of Yab Yum Records. Uh, and he essentially was, was signed to them and, you know, he was very influenced by that quote unquote neo-soul movement of the time. And he was, you know, steadily pursuing his songwriting career. He wrote songs for After Seven, Tony Braxton. He did a remix for uh, Michael Jackson's You Are Not Alone. He wrote for Color Me Bad as yet. He co-wrote the Spice Girls song, You Are My Everything. Do you remember that song? What are you Give, giving you giving you everything? Oh, oh yes. Wait, he wrote that. Write it as a co co writer. Crystal, you need to do better with some of that song. <laughs> Try it again from the top. And a one, two, three, go. Giving you everything. I don't remember the rest of the words. <laughs> I'm struggling. All of wait. I'm giving you everything. Something, something. Yes, I, I swear. swear. Oh my God. <laughs> pitiful, pitiful, pitiful. Pitiful, terrible, awful. Um, but good thing that he wasn't awful. And honestly, <laughs> as underrated as I think that he is, being credited as a songwriter on that song, I feel like you're you're good. That you're was big. Good. So so good good on him for you know you you know writing and, and producing and, and getting to be involved with projects that have longevity, um, just like just like that one. Yeah writing for all these different artists, it was determined that he could write and produce in the background for other artists, but he could be in front of the mic as well. In 1995, he released his debut album, which was Bonafide, and that gave us the Grammy-nominated Someone to Love, which featured Babyface, which we all remember that. That's very much a classic. My shit. That was my shit. So good. That's that's Babyface. Babyface killing it since the 80s. Let's be real. And uh, it also had the, the Pretty Girl song. Remember that song? Mm-hmm. Yep. Loved it. So, yeah. So that was, you know, was very successful. And then um, in 1997, he released his biggest album to date. It was titled Cool Relax. And it peaked at number... 33 on the Billboard 200 and at number four on the top R&B hip hop albums. You don't say. You know what? Exactly. <laughs> uh, the first single was entitled Don't Say. Yes, Don't Say was a track that was released on August 12th of 1997. Um, that, that was written by Jonathan Robinson, Daryl Spencer, and Mark Nelson. Are you familiar with Mark Nelson? It sounds familiar. So Mark Nelson was one of the original members of Boys to Men. Oh. So Boys to Men used to be, when they first started out, they were a quintet. Um, mm. And then later down the line, contract issues, management, 
he wasn't able to be in Boys to Men um, proper. But after Boys to Men didn't happen, he did a solo thing. And then you kind of didn't really hear too much from him. But then in, I think it was 1998 or 99, that's when the group as yet um, had that bomb single. Yes. <laughs> last night, which was my, oh my gosh, so good. Oh my God. So good. So good. I don't want to go too far off on a tangent, but there's a performance that they did on the Arsenio Hall show. And they did they did the beginning of last night a cappella. And the beauty to me of a cappella is all the different voices kind of coming together. So I don't normally mm. pay attention to to basses, but when it's being harmonized, I'm like all about it. So that I can't remember his name, whoever their bass was, his vocalizing was almost like a run, like like his voice almost run. It wasn't like a straight bass. But anyway, check it out. Maybe if we find it, we'll put the we'll put the link up, or maybe it doesn't even apply to this. But whatever, R and B classic quintet classic bomb whatever. So Mark Nelson was a writer <laughs> on this debut single uh, that John B released, and Sanaa Lathan was a was the love interest in this video, and she wasn't really um, she was pretty unknown at that moment. I think she'd done a, li- a couple of, of TV roles here and there. Later on, she would go on to do The Wood, Love and Basketball, Best Man. And she'll definitely show up here and there in, in some things. So she's definitely had a, a, a good career after that. Kevin Bray was the director of the video. And he has come up before. He directed most of the videos from Whitney Houston's my love is your love album so he is not a uh, a stranger to the remember music videos podcast so yeah the music video is um it's good <laughs> so we have a uh, sanaa lathan saying i need to live my life Oof. i'm not saying we'll never get back together i love you straight into the camera um and so she has amazing braids and she's wearing like a white floral mini dress. And this all takes place in a black void. Um, we cut to John B strumming a guitar with a white shirt whose sleeves are a little too long because that was cool back then. <laughs> and uh, it cuts to him wearing a black sweater with a white t-shirt underneath and a gold chain across the table holding Sana's uh, hand. He puts his head down because he's totally bummed out with what she's saying. Then we see like multiple John B's pop up, one on drums, one on bass, and one on keyboard. He looks at the camera and wags his finger and says, don't say. (laughs) Then John is in his black sweater, gray dress pants, and white sneakers. And he's dancing around the table with empty chairs. And he's showing us he can get down for a white boy. And to be honest, it's not bad. It's not that cringe. (laughs) He sings into the camera with his Caesar fade haircut and his trim connected beard. Uh, The rest of the song is John B's rebuttal to Sanaa, and she seems annoyed and is playing with her hair. We see the table and the two chairs empty, and then the characters would pop up, disappear, pop up, disappear. Sanaa says, we argue too much. We've never been friends. We've always just been together. And at one point, John B is so passionate that he pushes the chair uh, that he's sitting on away. And then later she says, I think it's time to see other people. Live your life. So towards the end of the song, it seems like he got the message. And all the John Bs start disappearing into the void. And that's it. I think it's a good video. I think it's showing how John can get down and it's not weird. What are your thoughts? I think the song itself, don't say what you can't do or won't do. Um, and, you know, kind of being about a, a relationship and um, just kind of simply going through those motions. His his dancing, honestly, I'm distracted by his large clothes. The the dress pants are odd. It's an odd choice. Yeah, and they're and they're and they're baggy. If they were maybe a size or two smaller, like I'm I don't want them to be like tight. <laughs> but I wouldn't mind. <laughs> so fresh. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's kind of like, you know, I, I don't think there was a song at the time when this came out that was kind of like this particular kind of type of groove. Mm. And who is this doing this? Who is this John B character? What is this? Who is he singing this 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 R and B song? That we're grooving to and it's i don't think it's it's an interesting choice to me as like a first single but you know who, who knows what their what their reasonings were behind it and it, it's it's a it's a good groove and i like in the video how you know one part of it is uh, about what the crux of the song is about but the other part is kind of like oh there's this guy who is wait he's playing all these instruments that's cool hmm. Um, and you know, they do co- close up so you can, you can tell he's not faking it. <laughs> that's, that's pretty awesome. And his, uh, his, his, his looks here and there in the video, it's kind of like, he seems so chill. He almost seems like he's just like high all the time. Hmm. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that he is, but he's just, he's just very mellow. It seems like he's cool. Like and relax. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> he's like the, he's like, he's definitely like the, the, the white boy that's like cool. Right. Not the white boy that's like trying to do too much or trying, right. trying to be cool or trying to be R&B. He like legit looks like, no, this is me. What I do. Yeah. I do R&B. This is what I was raised on. This is what I gravitated toward, which I, you know, appreciate. And, you know, listen, in the R&B world, it's tough to navigate even if you are, you know, a black person. So for this this young white man to come in and really do it and do it well is wow. And and to do it like effortlessly. You can rattle a name or two that's kind of like you you sound good, like you have good records, but are you really R&B? John B, in my opinion, lives it, breathes it. That's that's his judge. And yeah, in this music video, it's like, you know, she's, you know, breaking up with him and he's not hearing it. Um, but she's like, listen, I need to go play basketball. Um, <laughs> I need to find the best man. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah. And he finally hears her at the end and just fades away. It took him a minute, but he did it. And in the meantime, he was just kind of like, look, I'm going to be okay. Cause I play all these instruments, baby. You know that there's a, you heard the rumor about her. She's the one who supposedly bit Beyonce at that party. Is that her? That was the name of a person who might have been rumored. <gasps> <laughs> Allegedly. Right. Allegedly is the word that should be, yes. Wow, you don't say. <laughs> You know what? But like, maybe one day he'll ask, are you still down? You know what? Maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> are you still down? Classic. I can see that you want me. I'm still there for you now. By the way, she's fine. Yeah, I'm still there for me. That was the second single off of John B's Cool Relax album. That was written by John... B himself, also written by Tupac Shakur, also written by Johnny J, also known as uh, Johnny Jackson, um, and then produced by Tupac and Johnny Jackson. Johnny Jackson, who I wasn't familiar with, but he was actually a Mexican-American producer who did like 100 plus um, songs for Tupac. R.I.P. He actually died some years ago actually um but actually there is a lawsuit going on right now against the estate of tupac shakur but they are seeking um unpaid royalties um and advances that apparently johnny jackson didn't get while he was still here for all the work that he did with um with tupac so sometimes you know Sometimes gentlemen's agreements aren't the way to uh, to go and conduct business mm. necessarily, allegedly. I hope his family can be compensated for all the work that he did through the um, through the nineties. So that was actually his beat, his melody, 
that was established already before John B. came in um, and Tupac came in. And also, this was one of the, if not the only time that Tupac did a feature on someone else's album. He had his album, he had other people feature on his stuff, but this, I, I think, might have been um, one of the few, if not the only one, that, um, that he did that. And we know that after Tupac passed away, a lot of um, albums were released with some of his previously unreleased records. He also wasn't with collaborators in the uh, studio at the same time, but for this particular song, they were actually in the studio together and, you know, working it all out. And this was the final rap verse that he recorded before he died. He actually got killed two weeks after they recorded this song. The song peaked at 29 on the Billboard Hot 100 and at number two on the R&B chart. Interestingly enough, not really interesting. This is typical, I feel. The label wasn't particularly crazy about the song, mm. but it wasn't until after Tupac passed that they were kind of like, oh, yeah, no, that's a good idea. Let's like release that single. In any event, John B. really didn't want to release the song after that, but he got on board once Tupac's mom gave it um, her blessing. Um, also, I thought this was interesting that she told him that uh, Tupac was really proud of the track and he actually shared it with her because he didn't usually share tracks with her because of the subject matter, most likely. But this one, it was clean, you know, groovy. So he was like more than happy to be able to share something with his mom, which I thought was really, um, was really special. There were a good chunk of albums that came out after um, Tupac passed, but the... Um, the compilation album that came out that was actually named Are You Still Down? So this this track really, um, really impacted the family. And as far as the video, um, that was directed by Tim Story, who, as I, as I discovered, directed uh, Barbershop, one of the Fantastic Four films and the Ride Along movie. Yeah, totally. And I could see how he could be a, a movie director, right? Because like this music video, Seems like a little mo movie. It feels like a little um, mini Godfather, if you will. Uh, we start with seeing a white hat bopping up and down, and only to reveal it's John B. in a three-piece cream-colored suit with a hat and scarf. He's vibing next to an old-timey burgundy Rolls-Royce car, and he's giving mafia vibes. Mm -hmm. We later see him in a brown suit walking up to a recliner that I'm thinking is next to a pool. A henchman takes the suit jacket that he had over his shoulder and he sits next to his lady companion that seems to be having a flute of champagne. He proceeds to tell her, girl, it's all right. <laughs> and uh, she's giving like Chicana vibes with like severe eyebrows and a dark red lip with bangs. So she doesn't seem to be buying whatever he's saying. Then uh, a gentleman walks up to them and the henchman stops this man from approaching John B and his boo. But John knows him and it's okay. And uh, they all walk away to a table. <laughs> uh, there's some bags and an exchange of money. So like some deals going down. While this is happening, they turn up the old timey radio that's on the table so we can hear Tupac's verse. The gentleman at one point kisses the love interest a hand and one of John B's henchmen whispers something into John, John's ear. John Mouse, what? It, it would have been better if he said, like, Mouth, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and he and his henchmen walk towards the guy and take the guy away. My thing is, you don't roll up on a man's lady like that, good sir. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the love interest is shocked that the guy got whisked away. Then all of a sudden, we're in pajama mode, and homegirl is rubbing John's shoulder. Uh, she's in a silk robe with a fur on it. And he's wearing a chocolate brown silk pajama. Then she starts lip syncing uh, Tupac's part of the song. John pours out a drink for Tupac. And then later we see John B. walk away from his homegirl because he's really upset about the disrespect she did on him. And John had a second girl on hand and he starts hugging on her. 
So the original homegirl is upset and walks away, and then John follows her. We end with the video uh, with John on a throne-like chair, um, smoking a cigar, and a lot of scenes with uh, the pajama party happening, where she's hugging on him and he's hugging on her. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much. It's kind of Godfather vibes. Mm-hmm. It's a cute video. Yeah. Again, that snatched cut, that haircut. He had to have had a, a barber that just was with him every day because that haircut was always fresh. Always fresh. I think it was a part of his brand. He just liked the bigger suits, the big suit, the big, uh, the big pajamas, just almost as if it was from like a, a big and tall store. That's what people would do if they were, I don't want to say skinny, but if you felt small, it, it made you look bigger, right? And so I think that's that's kind of why oversized clothes was a thing. Mm. So am I being insensitive? No, I don't think so. That was just... <laughs> you totally might be, might be right about that. And I wonder if back, because we're talking almost 30 years ago, I don't know if I felt that way. But looking back on it now, I'm just kind of like, oh, that's that's interesting. He was fine then and he's fine now. He actually has not aged that much to me. Oh my God. He looks fantastic. He looks great. Um, I I liked him in the white in the cream suit. Um, I didn't feel like it was baggy there. I think that was that was a good look for him. Yeah. That was less baggy than the other one, but mm. it wasn't as tailored as I might have wanted it to be. But I think at the time, tailored wasn't the look. You're absolutely right. And again, where I'm looking at it with the lens that I have now, I would almost say that I looked at this video 30 years ago and just were like, ooh, look at him wearing that suit. I had such a thing for him. I thought he was so hot. (laughs) Oh, no, he's, he's a good looking dude. And writes, produces, and sings. What? He was the total package. Yeah. Also, another fun fact about the uh, Are You Still Down track creation. Uh, John V has mentioned this in a couple of interviews. That that Tupac came up with the the hook of the song. Um, so the, uh, the Girl Is All Right part, he was kind of producing those, those vocals. And I think it's, T- Tupac is viewed, is viewed by many as being a visionary, um, an icon, even, you know, in his, in his short, short life. And he went to the school of performing arts out in, in, uh, in Maryland. Um, so he was this creative being who did a lot of things. We know he acted, he rapped. If he still was alive today, it, it, it would be interesting to see the the makeup of the hip hop world and R and B world. And also wanted to add that the beauty of this song uh, um, is it's interesting because John B he had the on his first album he had the duet with Babyface, and then this was a duet. This to me is more than like a feature because they kind of both it was a, it was a duet. They 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 shared it. One would one would sing and then Tupac would rap and then they'd kind of sing rap together. And then, you know, there weren't too many songs that were doing that, especially to two dudes, two males coming together. That took the R&B world by storm. And even listening to the song again, that was a good fucking song. I love when two men come together. <laughs> and also, um, <laughs> Tupac was a huge fan of John B. Right. He would listen to his album. Um, and he actually invited him over when he was shooting the How Do You Want It video. Mm-hmm. And he he talked to John B. And he's like, we need to collaborate. And um, yeah, they came up with the song. And their take on this song was, it's that song when you're like drunk and you call or you text an ex and you're like, you know, you're still down. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was a... He definitely loved R&B and he, he was a fan of John B, which I'm sure was really humbling for John. Yeah, he couldn't believe that. I think he was like dumbfounded, which is going to be pretty awesome because you're this, you're an R&B crooner, but then you have this 
highly revered hardcore rapper who was just like openly saying that he's grooving to your R&B croons. Like that's mm-hmm. pretty awesome. And you're not even black. So that on top of that, it's like this white dude is getting these props. Street cred. Street cred. Hashtag street cred. <laughs> and also, I mean, you know, Are You Still Down is a little bit equivalent to the um, You Up <laughs> situation. <laughs> a, little, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit, but, more, but like a step further. Because it's kind of like, you know, you... Sometimes you always have that, uh, that, that nostalgia. Yes. You've got that nostalgia and you're kind of like, oh, I wonder how so-and-so is doing because sometimes in the heat, in the height of a relationships, the words are passed or said, it's only you, it'll only be you, nobody else but you. And then you feel like you kind of connect on that level. And then when things, you know, don't work out because that's life and that's what happens. You kind of might reflect on that one particular conversation and you're kind of like, oh, I wonder if we could, we could kind of go back and, and, and reminisce. In Tupac's rap, he says, When you're in a relationship, and you felt like things were were great and then you're not in a relationship anymore and the other person's in a relationship that you already know by whatever means that they know is not great whether they're crying all the time whether you hear from their friends oh she's in this with this person but she's not happy whatever it's kind of like listen are you still down you can come we can do this thing we can we can ride off into the into the sunset so it just it's very like is is it realistic all the time but you know it's 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 r&b love it's r&b love yep and i think you know he made songs like a lot of other artists do but he made he was able to make the song about like real life happenings in in relationships yeah they don't know they don't know they don't know Mm -mm. interestingly enough that was the third single from this album they don't know was the third single released from this album. And it was the biggest hit on the Billboard Hot 100. It peaked at number seven. And on the US Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart, it peaked at number two. The radio edit and its remix sampled the Ten Crack Commandments and The World is Filled that were um, Notorious B.I.G. songs. It was a song written by Tim Kelly and Bob Robinson, uh, Tim and Bob, as well as John B. Um, Do you remember Tim and Bob? I do. Yeah. I loved um, a lot of their stuff. Mm -hmm. The 90s, man, can we just Give a shout out to the motherfucking nineties. And I kind of feel like it trickled into the early aughts as well. Yes, totally, 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 totally. They did Cisco, mm-hmm. which was I think two thousand or two thousand one. Mm-hmm. And listen, if if you wanna bless us with the thong song <laughs> and get that get that mainstream money, international success, please, more more power to you. Um yeah, they did stuff for Boyce and Men, Tamia. Deborah Cox. So they were they were great producers um, in the game. This song was inspired by something that happened uh, to John when he was in um, an early relationship. It's something that you know has happened to other people before. A friend of his girlfriend's said that she saw him at the mall and that he was essentially creeping. And according to John, that wasn't true, but because of that, he went to the studio and there was a track already in the works and then he came up with the hook and then the lyrics afterwards. The uh, The video was directed by Christopher Erskine, who also directed who also directed the Genuine Pony Remix. Mm. Totals What About Us. Love that. And Drew Hill's We're Not Making Love No More, which is a classic song. 
Drew Hill, love them. So yeah, those are the video facts. <laughs> well, let me tell you about the music video. Please do. <laughs> so <laughs> a girl's hanging out with her friends and she jumps on a pay phone booth um, to make a phone call. John B is getting his hair cut or did and answers the call with his flip phone. So she's calling about tonight and John is chilling with the boys and he asked if she wants to join and she was thinking about hanging out with her girls. So he passive aggressively says, you do what you got to do. John's boys are talking to him and rushing him and her girls are doing the same. They're like, get off the phone. Um, And John says, I'll call you back. And then they hang up. We later see John singing into his cell phone to his boo. And she is loving every minute of it. She's wrapping her fingers uh, on the payphone cord and just living life. Uh, We also see John singing in a cream fleece uh, that has a collar. um, And it's underneath a black puffer jacket. Uh, his boo also is wearing a black puffer jacket as well, because that was cool. We then get a crane shot of Johnny Broiler <laughs> Coffee Shop. Um, and that's like this quintessential restaurant that we've seen in a couple of music videos. We've seen in Sean Kingston's Beautiful Girls, Madonna's What It Feels Like for a Girl. It's been in movies like What's Love Got to Do With It? Can't Hardly Wait. So it's an it's a classic 50s style restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so John and his boys roll up in a white Range Rover and they walk inside and sit at the counter. He's a selfish man and wants his cake and eat it too. And so we zoom into the TV screen um, where we see John in a black suit giving mobster vibes again. While this is happening, we see John's boo talking to a guy and she doesn't seem like she's having it. Then all of a sudden we go back into a black and white vignette and we see the gentleman from the still down video trying to talk to the love interest from that video. So we're kind of cutting in from the past to the present. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we see John in his old timey look with a black hat walk towards them with his henchmen. And it cuts to John in his black suit and red tie giving uh, mafioso vibes and singing the song with some portraits behind him. Then we go back to the parking lot and John confronts her and it looks like he's going to whip out a weapon of some sort, but then it transitions to modern times and John whips out a bouquet of white roses from his puffer jacket and then kisses her. And so, yeah, so I think they're trying to uh, re-spark the story from Are You Still Down? Uh, But bringing it to modern day times where it's like back then, you know, if there was some type of disrespect, there would be some type of violence. Oh yeah. We don't do that nowadays. It's all about love. Yeah. And that's, that's a music video. Violence isn't even a thing anymore. It's like racism. (laughs) It's over. It's over. Yeah. I, I like how there was a connection with, uh, the, are you still down video, but like loose and random. It's a loose and random connection. (laughs) Right. The only thing tying it in was the 40s slash 50s restaurant. You know what I mean? Because like the Godfather kind of took place in the 50s. Mm -hmm. So like, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like they were like, yes, let's dress like gangsters and be and do this video. Listen, do what you want. They don't know. Just do what you want. <laughs> um, don't listen to what people say. Don't listen to what people say. Exactly. <laughs> but listen, again, looking good, looking right. Oh, my God. I thought he was so hot in the puffer jacket. And like, I don't know. I just like sign me up. Love. <laughs> Obsessed with him in this video. And uh, he was moving and grooving and um you know the the takeaway from this song is basically like don't don't basically don't let naysayers get in the way of your your happiness however i would like to add that you know not everything is black and white some things are toxic like her being on the on the payphone and 
calling him and he's like, I'm hanging out with my boys. And she was like, she's hanging out with her girls. So I think in 2023, it's like, all right, boo, have fun. I'll see you tomorrow or I'll see you later. But this took a little bit of a, of a toxic turn when he was just kind of like, oh, do you want to come through? And then she was like, well, I'm going to hang out with, with my girls. He had already said he's hanging out with his boys, but then he invited her. And then she basically wanted to do the same thing, hang out with her girls. And then he's like, all right, like whatever, if you want to, or whatever he said. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Yeah. I mean, so the man is not at fault here. John is not at fault here. <laughs> she said, I want to talk about what we're doing tonight. And he's like, oh, I'm hanging out with my friends, but you could, you know, meet up with us. And she's like, oh, I wanted to hang out with my friend. She didn't make it clear that she said, I want to hang out with my friends with you. I would have rather that video where she's like, well, come meet us. And then there'd be like a standoff. Somebody could have suggested all meeting up together. That could have been a thing. Just saying. <laughs> I know that could have been a thing. We, we were saying it's R&B love. Yes, yes, yes. It's R&B love where mm, if you look at it, is it healthy? Um, what's the trauma that causes yeah. these things? You know what I mean? Yes. Like it's, yeah, it's like, well, let's not pry into it because yeah. you still want to keep that, the idea of romance, yeah. but um, yeah, there are some things that, you know, totally be a little yeah. unhealthy or yeah, way of dealing with certain things. So I hear you. I think that's the, that's the way to approach it. It's, it's R&B love. It's R&B love. Yeah. And listen, not taking away from those relationships where people for, let's say, nefarious reasons, don't want two people to be together, be it different race, mm. religion, um, viewpoint, ethnicity, whatever. I feel like song kind of like this is kind of should be geared toward that. But everything is like nuanced, though. It's of kind of like, you know, you don't... <laughs> Cause you can just hear a dude in a woman's ear, just kind of like, they don't know. Don't listen to what people say. Because <laughs> listen, that's what narcissists do, <laughs> but it's all about context. And again, it's that R and B love. Right. And also like, I, I always question when people always say, I don't care what people think. And I'm like, well, if they're right, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you yeah. should yeah. consider what they're saying. They might bring yeah. valid points. Yeah. yeah. Care a little like, bit. They might be valid. Yeah. You might be wrong. <laughs> yeah. You don't necessarily let it have to rule your, your life, but. Of course. Be self-aware. Yeah. I think that's the takeaway. So when you listen to this song, we just want you to be self-aware. When you're listening to army music, <laughs> please be self-aware. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what'd you say, boo? Do you want to talk about the next music video? I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, are we in a relationship now did we spoon? i don't know <laughs> no yeah you're not in a relationship unless you spooned uh the next single was called i do what you say boo And that came out in September of 1998. And that was both written and produced by um, John B. The concept of this song came from an autobiographical place. John B. was in a relationship with his high school sweetheart. And they actually got married later that year. And she was uh, African-American. So John B. wanted to highlight interracial relationships. What? Um, and was very uh <laughs> was very intentional about who his love interests were obviously in this video in particular but throughout all his videos like he wanted his love interests to be you know really authentic to what he was living uh in his in his real in his real life which i think is um pretty cool the uh same director for this video tim story who also directed Are You Still Down was the same director for this video as well. Yeah. The music video starts with a woman dismissing some kids from school and John B. rolls up in a red Volkswagen Beetle. 
and he's wearing like a green leather jacket. He gets out of the car and picks up his daughter. Uh, we see a couple kissing, and that transitions us to five years earlier. And John is in high school, and he's sitting on the outdoor lunch table, and he sees a girl that he likes, and he's singing his song to her. And she sees him staring, and she takes off her sunglasses and smiles. Another guy walks up to a girl, and they start talking. And as you mentioned, all these love connections are interracial, and I'm here for it. Uh, <laughs> we snapshot into a yearbook picture of the love interest, and that transitions to John and her looking through a yearbook on the couch. They obviously moved in together, and it got a house with a 15-year fixed interest rate at 7.3%. <laughs> Work. <laughs> So the future in-laws come in for lunch or early dinner, and everyone's at the table, and they all bow their heads to say grace. John gets up and proposes and puts a ring on her finger. He doesn't get down on his knee, which mm, I think it's a bad omen. That's what I said! Oh my god, right? I was like, what's up with that, bro? <laughs> he just stood up and placed it on her finger. Like, did he even ask? <laughs> exactly. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> So dad does not seem happy. And so he gets up and he walks over to John, but then gives him a big hug. And everyone is relieved. I mean, this could have gone wrong. <laughs> After the meal, everyone's in the yard congratulating the couple. And everyone has their red solo cups. So everyone's having a good time. The daughter comes over and gives the two a hug. We then see the love interest whisper into John's uh, pierced ear saying, I do. What you say, boo? <laughs> then we see the happy family walk into a photo session to uh, take their family portrait. Um, I should mention that throughout the music video, we see shots of John singing in that photo set uh, with a black fleece on and sunglasses. The music video ends with a still of the family and the words, open your mind, one love, and it's signed by John B. Wholesome. So wholesome. Sweet. I don't remember this song as much. I don't remember the video as much either, but loved the message for sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, so handsome. Yeah. <laughs> Just handsome. And listen, you, you, when you see him, you don't, you don't know what, what he, he could easily be Puerto Rican. Dominican, Cuban. When I first saw him, I thought he was Latino. And I was like, oh, representation matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He could be a light-skinned Black man. Like, is that facial hair? That facial hair and that lighting. Well, yeah. I was watching a TikTok where I think someone was like, I had no idea John B. was white. And, um, and she was like, all his photos and most of his videos were Black and white or sepia. <laughs> yes. And so it was kind of confusing. And and I wonder if that was on purpose. Perhaps. Um, but either way, he was welcomed with open arms. I don't think I've ever heard anybody in my circles say anything bad oh, about, yeah. about John B because nope. the music was right. <laughs> he was doing his thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think... I think he shines best when he's not trying too hard. You know what I mean? Like when it's just, when it's natural and it feels right, it works. You know, just when he's cool and when he's relaxed. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that leads us to our last single. What? I know. We're just, you know, moving on through. So Cool Relax was the final single from this album. So this was written by John B. Dahudarian, apologies if I'm mispronouncing that name, Ali Shaheed Muhammad from A Tribe Called Quest. And it was produced by Uma, which was a production collective that was composed of Q-Tip, Ali Shaheed Muhammad, who was um, from A Tribe Called Quest, and the late Jay Dilla, 
and occasional members included Rafael Sadiq and D'Angelo. I don't recall hearing of this collective. Have you heard of this collective? Um, I did not hear of the collective, but I feel like I knew that they did projects together. Mm. I didn't know it was an actual collective, but I mean, we all, we love all these artists. It just makes sense. Totally. So there wasn't a video for the album version, but the remix had a video um, and that featured Guru from the rap group Gangstar. And I gotta say the album, the album version is, is fine. The remix so much better, completely different words. Really? I think, in my opinion, the chorus was the same, but the verses were different. And then we had the, the rap from, from Guru. The original version to me gave me more like Young Love. It's a little bit more PG. The remix was like, oh, I'm grown and we're going to talk about grown things. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I, what I felt there. But you know, we're talking about a remix, which is not just a different music track. We're like, we're changing up the words and we're changing up the, the music. And that's, that's what a remix is. Love those. Yeah. 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 Um, I did like the original. I think the original um, was cool and relaxing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'll definitely give you that. Like it was, it was fine. It was, it was very, it was very cool, relaxed. Yeah. And that's more my vibe, I feel, sometimes. Well, it depends, right? I mean, <laughs> So um, in the music video, we see a TV playing the end of the They Don't Know music video. And turns out it's John lounging in the living room with his friends watching it. So John's friends put a record on an old-timey phonograph or gramophone if you will mm -hmm. and then he starts scratching it and i'm like you don't scratch record <laughs> like that <laughs> but his friend is ali shaheed muhammad from a tropical quest and john says hold up homies chill out and watch this check it out just watch it and he's giving his coolest vibes <laughs> um, <laughs> we see guru in white, in a desert, with John doing the most behind him. <laughs> <laughs> the dancing is a little, a little over, over the top for me, dog. Um, <laughs> um, so we see the two walking in white scarves around their heads uh, with a camel. So they're in the desert. Then all of a sudden, the image uh, becomes letterboxed, and we see hieroglyphics on the top and bottom. And I don't know, I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> um, the two see a black Hummer and John uses his high-tech binoculars to see women dressed in black who are doing choreo in the desert. They ditch the camel and start chasing the Hummer. John uses his high-tech binoculars again and we see the eyes of a lady that has way too much eyeliner and it's very severe. Then when Guru starts his rhyme, they arrive at an oasis. John sits next to a man and then later runs off with a lady to play the guitar for her. And they are jamming out. John is really trying to give his uh, best hip-hop fisheye lens moves in this video. And I think it's a bit much. <laughs> um, so um, then we go back to the living room and they're all amping each other up and saying, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And um, that's the music video. It's about them watching a music video. <laughs> yeah, and I, I agree with with everything you said. Very much so doing the most. And there was this one scene where, you know, you know, they have the turbans on and, and John puts uh water on his face and he kind of like shakes his face. But it's like usually you would shake your hair. Oh right. You would shake your hair in that moment, but he was just kind of shaking shaking his face. I don't know how many videos up until this time had had desert themes, but I, you know, there were a few, I, mean, I remember Jodeci had a, a um, desert themed video timing wise. I don't remember if it was before or after this, but I can just imagine somebody's pitching it to them. Just kind of like picture it. Like you're in a desert, <laughs> turbans, camels, women in, you know, in all black doing a little dance. It's you're playing the guitar, sprinkling sand, 
all these random things, but the track itself, I thought the the the, the remix was a, a a good vibe. I got to give the remix another listen to because the music video really distracted me. <laughs> he looked like Arab. Like it was was it like appropriation? Like I felt weird about it. It didn't feel right. I would say no because if you were to go to the desert that would be the gear that you would wear that you would need to wear to protect yourself right so i don't think he's doing anything in particular that seems like he's you know doing any more appropriating than some might say that he already already is fair there's no there's no real rhyme or reason to it i thought it was a groovy remix a tribe called quest i love their music obviously and it always has like this like jazz feel which which I love and this song definitely had that and again we have the you know the rap feature from Guru mm -hmm. which is an interesting yeah. pairing and in terms of the um the actual track like a couple of lyrics for the original version were you took my mind, sexy, no doubt, envisioning turning you out. All I want to do is get with you. One night it could be so real if you just give me a chance, baby. For the 90s, it might have been a lot. But for 2023, that's like child's play. But the remix was, you know, lady, you always make it so hot. Wet your body, boo, because I know your spot. I'm ready to taste it, baby. You can spread it all around. I like the way you let me do my thing. That is a little bit racier. Oh, my. I've never... <laughs> This is a little bit grown. I see why you wanted to kind of release this as the as the final mm. single. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, he, you know, how how fortunate was was he to just be able to work with legends in the industry on his first album. Yeah. So he was even yeah. working with Babyface behind the scenes before he, you know, became a recording artist. And then he got to work with uh, Tupac and a bunch of other producers. And he also got to work with, with Q-Tip and Ali Shaheed Muhammad and Guru. Yeah. And I mean, it's a great album too. Like if you love R&B, like it's a good listen. I, I like revisiting this album because like you said, like he has soul and there's that R&B love and there's, you know, it's quintessential R&B and it's surprising from the source but um it was great it was uh, totally and you know what i don't care where my r&b comes from it's, as long as it's good yeah that's kind of the beauty of um r&b because there have been people who who haven't been you know who haven't been born in the culture if you will but can still kind of come in and make it their own and make it mm -hmm. and make it good and if you're able to do that, then you will be embraced. Yeah, respected. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so I think we've come to the part of the show we call, so what are you listening to? We each have 30 seconds or 19,000 minutes to <laughs> go over a song we're listening to this week. It doesn't have to be with this week's album or artist. It doesn't have to be a good song. It can be a guilty pleasure or a track you've heard about and want to see what all the fuss is about. It doesn't even have to have a music video, but it can. So, kind sir, what are you listening to? What am I listening to? I'm listening to two things. Um, I'm listening to John Beat. <laughs> so, hey, someone to love. You know the first classic uh, the first song that introduced us to john b featuring babyface you know there was a sophistication with babyface on this song and music video and there was a young vibe but also sophisticated vibe from john b and like i said i thought he was latino so i was like super excited to see representation <laughs> um but he also had his hair parted to the side and had a low fade and guess what I had growing up? Hey! I had uh, my hair parted to the side and I had a little fade. So I'm like, oh my God, he's cool. And I'm cool. Did you feel seen? A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> and um, in the music video, there's shots of the Brooklyn Bridge. They're in New York. And you know how much I love New York. 
Mm-hmm. And here we see Babyface with uh, the long sleeve cuffs, but here it looks cool. Like it works here. And um, yeah, I always thought John B was hot. He had a really long neck, which I'm kind of into. <laughs> and <laughs> and he has a prominent nose, which I like a prominent nose. And he's a sensitive <laughs> romantic man. And I love sensitive romantic men. And in the music video, it has Tuffy from Video Music Box and uh, DJ Red Alert. They all like shake his hand and give him respect, which I'm like, street cred. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm listening to that. So if you haven't heard it, check it out. And the second track I'm listening to is They Don't Know, but the Soul Shock and Carlin remix. Ooh. They played it on the radio and it's just, it gives it a little more like edge and it's like you could bop to it you could definitely dance to it and um yeah definitely if you don't remember it give it a revisit and that's what i'm listening to i love that those are both classics he had so many songs just quality quality r&b and speaking of quality crystal I feel like uh, I need to ask you. What's that? What are you listening to? Couldn't say I saw that coming. <laughs> I'm listening to three things this week. What? But I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be brief. I won't be as brief as you think I'm going to be, but I'll be briefer than I usually am. Trust me, I don't believe you're going to be brief. <laughs> John B., white artist. There there were other white artists who who paved the way, kind of in this r&b a genre one of them was bobby caldwell he was an artist who came out in the 70s many a recording artist sampled his work his biggest hit came out in 1978 and it was called what you won't do yes this is a classic in the r&b world and again similar to how people did not know that john b was white this man recently passed away and people were only then realized that this was a white man singing this song and um, mm. if you've been to a cookout or heard The Quiet Storm, like you've, you've heard this song. So shout out to, to one of the OGs of the uh, Blue-Eyed Soul uh, faction. The second thing I'm listening to is Five Miles to Empty by Brownstone. Do you know why I'm listening to this song? Crystal, I don't, but I'm upset that you're listening to this because I... <laughs> I'm the only one who can listen to this song. So Brownstone, if you're not familiar, trio from the 90s had a song called Five Miles to Empty, which was co-written by, you guessed it, John B. Are you kidding me? I'm going to take over because, one, I have have ownership of Brownstone because I love them so much. They're so good. And then two, John B. wrote this? He was a co-writer. Um, I love this song. Crystal, I'm so happy and jealous that you are listening to that. Brownstone's vocals, it was three of them, but it always sounded like a friggin' choir. And I love a choir. And that's like the beauty of them. You're so talented and you're just so so technical. Like you can make it sound like 19 of you. That's friggin' mm. amazing. <laughs> and um yeah, this was from the Still Climbing CD, and it was great. And if you have the lyrical content that, you know, John B. helped provide, right? Where it's like, the lyric, it's like, yeah. I'm five miles to empty. You know, I need someone to fill me up. A good person to fill me up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Again, R&B love. <laughs> do you need to do something different? Because what you're doing is not working. Thanks. and i just have one more final last one that i was listening to this is a song called waiting on you it's a collaboration with tank give me runs give me trills give me riffs like i love it and tank is here for all of that i love his voice he's been in the industry for a while he does production he is not a stranger or opposed to doing yes. background for somebody. Perfect. He's just like an artist who who just likes to work and, and do his thing. And we appreciate you, Tank. And he's handsome. Good looking dude. 
maybe not a traditional duet, but it's more of a, a collaboration. So this just recently came out in in November. Oh, so it's it's a new track. Hoping it can get some traction because I think it's I think it's solid. Wow. Well, I definitely need to check that out because I don't know that. Uh, great choices. Um, I'm so glad that we get to um, share what we're listening to because you can listen to something and then like. Well, not even talk about it with anyone. You know what I mean? You can just really enjoy it. But when you share it with others, I think it's, um, it gets them to revisit. And um, yeah, you can enjoy it too. Yeah, I love it. John B. knows his way around an R&B song. And he did it so authentically. And we and we saw that. And that's what we gravitated toward. Show enough. <laughs> and I think that does it for this edition of Remember Music Videos. Uh, we want to thank everyone who gave us a listen. A huge thank you to John B. for giving us something to talk about. Our theme music is by Audrey Harris Culver of Lady Socket. And if you'd like to see the music videos we discussed today, you can find them on our YouTube channel and Facebook. And give us a follow on Instagram and TikTok at RMB Podcast. Just a reminder that all videos might not be available online or in your territory, but that could change, so keep checking. If you have any thoughts, if you have a favorite video you'd like us to discuss, send us an email at remembermusicvideos at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, go ahead and click that like button, follow, subscribe, and feel free to give us a rating. Five stars only, please. But most importantly, remember music videos. And if you don't know, you better ask somebody, baby. Until next time. Bye. No animals were harmed during the recording of this podcast.